This is Story Snyder with Veterinary Golf, and you are listening to Chasing Birdies. All right, y'all out there, welcome back here to this week's episode of Chasing Birdies. My man, JP. My man. You smell. Well, go ahead, bud. <laughs> I was going to say, you sound like you got a cold. A little froggy, huh? Huh? That's what Damn. everybody's saying today, and I, I don't feel it. But um, my nose might be a little runny, but I don't... Dude, the last month's been mayhem. I feel like garbage for the last month. The Lyme's disease, I have this cough for <laughs> three weeks. Summer has the cough, and now people are telling me I got a cold, and I got to jump on a bird over to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dying. So, anyways, I'm, I'm set up in my garage uh, on the scooter, the fat scoot. The Chasing Birdies fat scoot. That and thing's still kicking. The thing's still kicking. We take daily rides on that. But um, mm-hmm. what's shaking with you, bud? Not much, babe. Uh, you know, today is a great day in the world. It's obviously new episode day here. But also, it's uh, kicking off the old live experience down here at the Greenbrier Resort, White Sulphur, West Virginia, which we'll get into. Uh, but me, I have not felt sick. I've been feeling great. So the total antithesis of you. Uh, but other than that, man... Had a great, great weekend with you, buddy, up at Nemecolon last weekend. It was fun. Uh, we had some of the boys up there, James McNair, Ray Fulcher, Matt Alderman, Josh Miranda. You emceed the event, which is great. That was fun. That was your first, like, other than being on the mics here at the podcast, you emceed the event, bud. You did the welcoming. I did the welcoming. So uh, they had asked me the day before to do it, and I did it, and it was fun. And actually, my neighbor over here, Joe, uh, said he went to the head pro at Yawk and told him that me and Matt Greaser need to, Matt Greaser and I need to do the Calcutta and MC the Calcutta. So apparently, I'm on the mics for the Calcutta with uh, Matt Greaser and I, who was the Footjoy sign boy. But that could be just a rumor. Joe texted me this yesterday. So, well, what, like, do you know how to run a Calcutta? I have no clue. <laughs> but, and with your ADD, that shit would be so crazy. Like just to yeah. watch it, you and see how yeah. you handle Squirrel. that adversity. Yeah, no clue how to do that. But uh, I'll talk. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. anything, yeah. I doubt it. It'll happen. Which I kind of hope it doesn't because I really don't want to do that. Um, but whatever. Hey, give it a shot, bud. So you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Member guest, your partner Josh Miranda, mm-hmm. my partner Ray Fulcher. You ended up winning the gross mm-hmm. side of the member guests. We mm-hmm. played 18 holes Saturday, 18 holes Sunday. The golf courses were dynamic. Um, dynamic? Yeah. Well, I don't the know golf courses were phenomenal. Yeah, dynamic. That's good, though. You meant to say dynamite. No, dynamic. <laughs> but take that out. Uh, <laughs> which you okay. um, They were awesome. And you won... On a scorecard playoff against Ray and I, which is a, I wish we would have went to play, um, but whatever. Um, congratulations to you guys on winning Thank you. the gross Thank side you. of things. Uh, Mr. Eric Tangrady and Brian Katzif, I think, finished second in the net side of things. Mm-hmm. They had the lead uh, for a long time, and then a group came in, the last group, and ended up beating by three or four. So, well, how'd you play, it- bud? Well, listen, I was just going to get get onto that real quickly with you because 
you know, when we did the two-man event a couple months ago, the first round of the two-man was a, not a great round. But then the second round, my partner and I, we shot I don't know, 10, 11 under. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of the same thing this weekend. Uh, the first round wasn't the greatest, but the second round was, was kind of litty. Um, but before that, you, my friend, you know, after the first round, you're kind of walking around with a little pep in your step, no pun intended. I mean, you made your round. Let's, let's just let's just talk about that Saturday round. Uh, for you, so Saturday, pretty- yeah, Ray and I, we started on 11 at Mystic Rock. And... Uh- <laughs> I mean, but lay off the cigars. It's no, it's not that. Uh, like, started wait. on eleven Mystic Rock. We made par, and then we both made double on um, twelve. We both made double on thirteen. We both made double on fourteen. So I've played four holes, and I'm six over. So I got to sixteen, and I told myself, I said, "Listen, just if I can get it back to two over, we should be okay." Because mm-hmm. the greens were ripping, dude. People oh, yeah. complaining about the pins, the, the greens. Oh, my God. So I get to one on Mystic. I birdie one. I birdie two. Four, I miss like an eight-footer straight up the hill. I, sh- I was mad about that one. Birdie five, eagle eight, and birdie nine. And shoot a 30 one. on the front nine of Mystic. Smoking. And then I end up shooting even par. So Yeah, that's good. No, you, you were on a tear there. I mean, I, I remember, you know, coming off the course there and people were talking about Peps, man. He shot 30. So, way to get it back. And then um, Sunday, how'd you feel Sunday coming into the day? Sunday you know, was he, good. He felt good. Okay. So, I shot yeah. 72, 72 both days. So, we finished one under as a team. You finished one under as a team. You played really good on Sunday. Yeah, I did. But you have well, five, six birdies. Uh. On Sunday, seven birdies. I, I had seven birdies um, on Shepherd's Rock. I birdied one, two, three, four, and, I, and then I birdied. four in a row, bud. Yeah, and then I you, birdied 12, 13, 16. Um, was feeling good, man. Josh Miranda's with my partner. He's got the chill vibe music going, which I love, little EDM, little chill club mix going. He was having a little too much to drink the first day. Kind of rolled it back day two. We ham and egged it really well, and uh, took it down. But I didn't. I didn't expect that. But well, actually, we got into a scorecard playoff with you two, and mm-hmm. we beat you on on on. Apparently, the number one handicap hole is the par five, which I birdied. Um, so it was fun, man. It was great to relish in victory again. It was it was nice to see the boys up there. We had a great time. Um, so, and everyone you know. put a great show together for us mm-hmm. at Nemecolon. So, mm-hmm. thank you to Nemecolon for the member guest. It was a blast. Uh, the food was dynamite. The booze was good. The entertainment was good. Gifts were great, and uh, we had a blast. But uh, yeah. so, yeah, thanks for winning. But yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me up there. But <laughs> the deciding factor in both our rounds. Why did you play good on Sunday? Made putts. Made putts. Why did I play good from number one on the rest of the event? I made putts. Made putts. So our Betonardi putters were grooved and mm. rolling, and that's who we have on today is a good friend, Story Snyder. Uh, he's a Pittsburgh boy, and now he is working for Betonardi. So let's roll it on over to Story Snyder from Betonardi Golf. I mean, my man's got stories, and they are good. Let's go. 
All right, guys, welcome back here on Chasing Birdies for our latest episode. I just really screwed that up, but it, it still works. Sounds good, right, bud? Um, Sound delicious. <laughs> Story Snyder, my man's got stories for days, and Story Snyder, director of marketing over at Betnardi Golf, none other than Betnardi. We love Betnardi. Uh, so we're happy to have you on the show today, Story, man. Thanks for joining us good to be here you know it's it's a uh, big fan of the show uh, met a lot of people because of the show and you know when we start getting into some of these stories like uh, jerry used to call me mm-hmm. and cut peppy off of how many grilled cheeses he was allowed to have at the turn <laughs> at tolerated so i've known this <laughs> this this guy since he was you know i, I had to tie his shoes before he went to hit balls on the range i i <laughs> was thinking about that today i'm like how long have i known story and I, I, I would say probably eight or nine years old I've known you since. So that's yeah. a good 28 years I've known you. Well, yeah. And, and the other cool thing about knowing you for so long and all of your listeners on your show is what they don't realize is you're the second best golfer in your family. Yeah, that's true. And you'd never talk about that. That's you'd well. never talk about that. Your sister all right. All right, was it. Your sister was, <laughs> was the peppy. Oh, yeah. man. You'd never talk and- about it. Story, it was a nice interview on you, bud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but for for everyone, uh, Story Snyder and I go way, way back. I mean, he, I met him when he was at Totter Ridge, and he was you were at Oakmont beforehand. So, Years. of course, you're now working for Betonardi Golf full circle because I was a fan of the brand before you got involved, and then it definitely grew even more because you're involved because of our relationship. But um, tell a little bit how you got involved in the game of golf because to go from Oakmont Totter Ridge then you did some other things in the golf industry and now you're at the what I would call one of the biggest brands in golf right now yeah so I uh I didn't pick up golf until I was probably 11 or 12 years old my grandfather had a a golf club in my hand since you know how we always say since the day that you were born so he always wanted me to be a golfer I'm left-handed and you know, he's, he's like, I can't find any golf clubs for him. So I was about 12 years old. And for my birthday, he bought me right-handed clubs. And he's like, I'm going to get you lessons. And I'm like, well, why can't I just play left-handed? And he's like, well, there's no good left-handed golfers out on tour. I'm sitting there looking at him like, come on, dude. Like, I'm not going to play on tour, right? And so he bought me right-handed clubs, started taking some lessons at, uh, at the club that, that he was a member at. And I got hooked on the game. Um, you know, started, you know, we would go out and play just, you know, buddies of ours go play nine hole golf course, whatever. Um, and then I started caddying at Oakmont, got hooked on the game, um, tried to emulate my swing just like Bob Ford, which means I've never seen the ball at impact. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I, I tried out for the, the high school golf team my senior year. I made it, and, and, and that was it. I'm hooked. And, uh, you know, from there I went to a, a two-year golf school uh, that is no longer in existence, uh, met a lot of people and just worked hard to 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 get in the game. So, what, what's how the name of the golf school? It was the Golf Academy of the South. Wow. So i I wasn't a very good student. Um, it, hard to keep my attention. I, I would so never. I'll bounce around a little bit. I've never that, imagined that. Yeah, and so I went to I went to school for two years uh, straight through. Graduated, went right back to Oakmont, ran the range for the '94 Open. We can get into some stories about that. And, um, 
yeah, I've just been in the golf business ever since. I was a club pro. Uh, I played some mini tour stuff down on the Golden Bear Tour. I uh, realized you play your best and you're getting lapped by 10. Oh, it's, yeah. Whatever. That's, like, yeah. okay, great. I tried it. I got, I, you know, got your rocks beat off. Up and, yeah. Whatever. Tried it. Didn't work. And then got into the, the club side and, and had a, you know, played pretty good for a little bit. And here we are. How the hell does one end up at Oakmont, though? I mean, because, like, you grew up caddying there, but Bob Ford's, he's as good as it gets, but he's as tough as it gets, too. So he's yeah. a straight shooter. How the hell did you pull that one off? Because I can't wait to hear this story. Yeah, so uh, just, you know, started caddying whenever I was young. I'm, I'm a, Everything I had for, I worked for. Um, I had 50 bucks a year for school clothes from my mom. And if I wanted to play any sports, if I wanted a cool sweatshirt or whatever it was, I had to buy it by myself. So I went out and started caddying whenever I was 12 years old. And literally, just think about this. I I have back problems, bad back Mm -hmm. problems. I graduated high school at like 105 pounds. Okay. And this is back in the day when you're carrying two monster building bags. Yeah. And, you know, if you remember a foot from Oakmont, this guy was like six, eight, three fifty, and he's carrying that tiny little ping bag. Mm-hmm. And then here's me carrying a bag that weighs more than me. So it was just, you know, working at Oakmont, it was caddying, going every single day. Um, and as I got older, as soon as I was done caddying in the morning, I'd go home, eat and come right back and work at the driving range every single day every single mm. day and and when they were making the schedule i'm like i'll work every day because i mm. needed to you know i needed to make some money and what a better place to be than than oakmont so yeah. you know some of my lifelong friends are there every time i go back to play you know all these members it's you, you just create these relationships and and that's how i started working so one of my favorite golf clubs in the beginning was totter ridge i loved going there nothing and better that crew that you guys had at totter ridge you Brandon Antis, Lou uh-huh. DeVito, and one of the best golfers I've ever witnessed is Sean Farron. Yeah. Um, that was their team. So for everyone that's listening, you know, obviously stories at Bettinardi. Lou DeVito's running the Johnny O uh, for Pennsylvania and another state, I think. Uh, Brandon Antis caddied on the PGA Tour for a long time. He was with Mo- William McGirt. He's with Duffner years. now. And jo- Jason Duffner now. And then Sean Farron is now the head pro at a place out in State College. And this crew, man. I mean, those were the days of Michael Jordan, Lemieux. They were all showing up to Totter Ridge. Well, you were there. You were playing in that AJGA event, I think. Mm-hmm. Whenever Mario called me on the phone, he was like, Story, meet me in the parking lot. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, go down, pick up Mario, and I'll get to Michael Jordan. And he's like, what's up, Story? How you doing? It's, it, I'm Michael Jordan. I'm like, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Got meanwhile, <laughs> he's got this yellow shirt on, these yellow pants, and I'm like, "Is this Big Bird or is this MJ?" And <laughs> you know, and so I start picking on Mario because Mario had just gotten the brand new Hummer. He had the wheel on the outside, not on the inside. If you remember, you know. And I'm yeah. like, "Okay," so I'm picking on him. I'm like, "Thank God you got the wheel on the outside because now you can get some golf clubs in, whatever." So we drive up, you know, in, in the golf cart get them some drinks behind Tom Grealish comes in. Who's one of the greatest guys of all time. If, if, if you know him, take him down to the putting green Rocco's down there on the putting green. So then Rocco's sitting there. He's talking with Mario and MJ and everything else. And they go and tee off. I did not let one kid get a picture, not one kid get an autograph or anything. 
So then it starts raining about 12, 13 holes later, they're done. So they come in, they're just hanging out in the clubhouse at, at Totter Ridge. And we've got, there's a, there's a picture out there somewhere that you've got Rocco in the refrigerator looking for something to eat and MJ's pouring himself a beer. And we just kind of hung out, did everything there. These guys were all talking or whatever. And it was, it was just a normal day for us at Totter Ridge because there was always somebody coming. Um, Next thing you know, you know, they're leaving and Tom Grealish calls and he's like, Hey story. He's like, I just wanted to say thanks. He's like, MJ had the best day. Didn't have to sign an autograph. Didn't have to take a picture. Meanwhile, there's a hundred kids there that were playing in the AJGA event. Peppy being one of them. Yeah. Um, and so they came and it, it's just what we did. You know, we've played golf. I played with Phil Mickelson there. Um, we've had Frank Licklighter. I've got Azinger. I've got a check from Azinger at, at home that I've got a, a screenshot of because we, we beat him up a little bit. And um, so there's Jeez. there's there were some really cool games there. And at the end of the day, one of my favorite things about Rocco, and I can get into this because I know Rocco is a great friend of the show. Um, but Rocco said, I would take my staff at Totter Ridge and play any other golf professional in his staff from their home club. And I'll tell you what, we'd bury him. Damn. We'd bury him. It's true. That, that, that it's true. Cause why, had, why is remember that? Farron was on the, he was on the leaderboard at the U S open yeah. after five holes at, uh, at Beth page black. And he's like, we're talking to him. He's like, I hope the, the tournament ends. I hope they rain out the rest of the day because I get to stop and I'm on the leaderboard. So he played five holes. He was like even par. And then, of course, they kind of restarted. He missed the cut, blah, blah, blah. But he was on the leaderboard, which was the coolest thing ever. That's after he played in the 2003 PGA at Oak Hill. So I got a couple of questions here. Number one, why does that name sound so familiar? Farron? Yeah. Like so he won Farron, everything in the state of Pennsylvania. Everything. And he, so Farron, um, where did he play? He went to Mississippi state. He went, he's uh, he's older. He was at Riverview. Then he went to Mississippi state. He was an assistant at Oakmont. He was then after, you know, um, leaving Oakmont, he went and he was the head golf professional at a place called Lahontan, in uh, Truckee, California, came back. He worked at the field club, worked back at Oakmont. And then he got the head job at, at Totter Ridge. After Totter Ridge, he then went and he was uh, the head pro at a place called the Creek Club up on Long Island, which is phenomenal. Um, old Seth Rayner, CB McDonald, I think oh. it's like number 70 in the country, and this place is ridiculous. Um, left there, and then now he's at Center Hills. That's a good That's a good run. Um, eh, Totter. But is Totter still? I remember playing Totter Ridge. I mean, it was like yeah. it was kind of like this up and coming like secret club, or, or was it, it was secret? Supposed but it was to be good. like the Pikewood man of back yeah. in that day, exactly. Yep. Like something like that, you know. But like, is it still around right now? I don't even know. It is. It's public. Um, okay. So it was private the whole time. Um, they were taking a lot of the money that they were bringing in and putting it towards the real estate. The real estate didn't take off. Yeah. Um, the people that were running it didn't know how to run a private club. And unfortunately it went downhill after kind of all the guys said, we're done, we're, we're out. And, and it went public and it is, it was heartbreaking because I left there as an assistant. I went and I worked for Taylor made Adidas for eight years. Um, we moved back, we lived in Johnstown and I was a member so I went from working there to being a member at Totter Ridge and you could play for any amount of money that you want. 
you're playing in four hours as an eight some. There was action, great guys. It was it was literally it was the best place to be. And it just unfortunately it went downhill. And I haven't played it since because I won't. Yeah, it, it's not what it was. My it's my like, first. It's like it, it's like going to high school and you had the most beautiful girl in high school. Yeah. And then thirty years later, you just you just want to remember her as that most beautiful girl in the <laughs> in the whole world, and you don't yeah. want to see her with, you know. So yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. my my first memory oh, of was... it, running of Rocco was on the first green of Totter Ridge. You know, it's short left bunker, deep bunker. Pin was tucked left, and he took five irons out and was hitting bunker mm-hmm. shots out of there. And I'm sitting there thinking, Jesus, like this is what. He's, Five iron? Best bunker player I've ever seen. Might be. Wedges, they're incredible. People have no idea how good he is with his wedges. And, you know, these kids are all with 60-degree wedges and everything else. I still have a hard time using the 60 just because of listening to Rocco just beat it into your head about you don't need it. He's kind of right. You know, if you go out and you open up that 56, you can hit any shot that you really want. Mm-hmm. And watching him out of the bunkers is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I know I sounded just like him right there. <laughs> yeah. You should, the Pep does that. He opens the face up, tries to get it. He's got 60, he goes 64, and then, you know, it looks like a two iron. But he's, he's that's why That's why he played at Marshall. <laughs> I got to just say that. I we are. That. You guys. We are. Uh, that's great, man. Well, I'm glad you guys kind of have some history together. I mean, it makes it a lot easier for us you know you oh guys, yeah yuck it up every you time he comes went, into chicago yeah you guys both out. went to school for two years so that's good <laughs> um so what else you guys got in common <laughs> i'm just kidding oh uh, shit smoke cigars yes drink uh i don't chew Bash i, I don't either oh anymore. you don't okay no, i'm just i'm straight zen now so <sighs> you know upper deckies for the boys I mean, let's play tummy sticks right here between these two i mean they're like how many cans you go through a day, bud? Bash. Not one. Not one. But, but pretty damn close. Yeah, I mean, I think there's 15 and one, so I go through about 12. Yeah. Um, Do you save the points? No. Hell no. <laughs> no. Do you know the know secret compartment? Points. What's that? Exactly. Do you know about the secret compartment? No, where? Dude, hang on a second. I'm going to open it up right now. On the bottom, there's, yeah. like a, there's like a little notch. If you pop that notch out, there's a I secret compartment. So like if you are like say you're on an airplane and you have nowhere to chuck it, pop open that secret compartment, they fit in right around the whole circle. No way. That's cool. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, see so you pop you it open. It? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, and then you pop it open and then you just put the you put the dead soldiers right in around here and then you close it back up. Oh, it's for the dead ones. You're welcome. See, you know what Holy I always hell. do? I always you take know. them out. And I always put them between my legs, and then somehow I flick them off. I forget. Forget them. Yeah. Like, now you have a place, and you can save points. Yeah. Flurry. Might have to. Flurry. You and Flurry. That's a new one for Flurry, too. He'll have to hear that one. Well, Flurry, those boys are on the rogues. Oh, uh, the rogues. That's fine. But, They're good. But, but I like the Zins, man. I like going to Zimbabwe. Dude. As Tango says. Coffee. Yeah game over so we were at nemecolon last weekend and uh one of the songwriters there james mcnair he was on that coffee kick you know and i'm like let me try that and it, better it's it was so good it was like 
It didn't even taste like coffee. It was kind of like a creamy, like chocolate. It's you know what I call it. It's it's like going into a sheet and getting the cappuccino out of the machine. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, well, we glad. we need to get you guys. We need to get you Max uh, or AKA Freezer Tarps. I need to get him on here. That's one of my boys. He's the University of Minnesota Upper Decky Tucker Carlson. Yeah, that's him. He's, he's addicted to golf. He's addicted to it. He's hilarious. Speaking of Minnesota, mm. one of your there good you go. friends, Justin Smith. Yeah. Okay. This cat, Bash, did you ever you remember Justin Smith? I, I can't say that I do. Okay. So he's from around the Pittsburgh area, correct? Went to Moon High School. Yep. Yeah. Stud. What? How many majors did he play in? You ready for this? This will blow your mind. Zero. You know how many PGA Tour events he played in? Zero. Well, then Pep, what's the, what's the all the? No, no, because Pepe's Pepe's right. So coming out of high school, I thought he played in the mass. I thought he was like That's deep Nathan in USA Amateur. No, well, I know Nathan Smith. You know Nathan, but Justin. So in in the at the O three, so Justin won the, the national championship at Minnesota. One last national year, championship bash. Yeah, Finished, birdied eighteen at the it. Scarlet Course. <laughs> And finished fourth individually. Okay. So the next thing you know, that summer we're on fire, right? Because I caddied for him and everything. Um, we've fought, we've screamed and yelled at each other, but I absolutely love the kid more than anything. Um, so we were in the 03 USAM at Oakmont, and he's on the Walker Cup list. He's on, like one of the finalists. We're paired with Billy Haas, and we go out and just absolutely poop and didn't make the, didn't make match play kind of lost his deal of getting on the Walker cup. So then he turned professional, went out and played the Hooters tour won four or five times on the Hooters tour. Um, then he started Monday qualifying for um, corn Ferry or web.com, whatever it was called back then finished second in uh, down at the Mayakoba classic, which was down in Miami. I think it was Mayakoba. It was down in Miami, right? So if he pars 18, he's leading. If he pars 18, he finishes second all alone. Then he gets into the um, the the championship and everything else. Three putted, made bogey, and ended up tying for second. Didn't get his card. Oh. Made it through, yeah, and made it through Q school with him. And he hit the ball as good as anybody. And now knowing what I know now, and I still talk to him. I'm like, if you could have been fit for a putter at Batnardi. It would have changed the game because he couldn't make a 10-footer. The guy hit the ball as good, if not better, than anybody. Brian Harmon. We were paired with Brian Harmon one year at Sunny Hanna. We finished second at Sunny Hanna, Harmon's wherever. But if Justin could make some putts, and he also didn't put so much pressure on himself about he had some sponsor money, but he was so afraid to use any of that, he only wanted to use the money that he earned to take care of himself. If he didn't have that weighing on the back of his mind, he'd still be out there playing. I, I, I fully fully believe that he is one of the best i've ever played with i've ever seen and anybody who has played with him around the western pennsylvania area or wherever wherever will tell you this exact same thing he's now the head coach at the university of minnesota golf team correct um now you mentioned nathan smith i mean holy hell yeah what a beauty guys uh yeah, three masters. I think the the one masters he played the final round with or Arnold Palmer's final round he with did. him, right? Um, he did. Do you know that? Bash? Bogeyed it. I, I knew that because of of you telling me that. 
Yeah, so I was there with him. He got paired with Arnold Palmer in Arnold Palmer's final Masters, and yeah, he he made a bogey to miss the cut, right? He bogeyed eighteen. He he bogeyed eighteen on Friday because he was just trying to get out of Mr. Palmer's way. He's like, I wanted him to have his moment. He knew that he's like, okay, if I make par on 18, I make the cut. And there was nobody, I mean nobody, who enjoyed the crow's nest as much as Nathan Smith. I can guarantee you that because he's sending me <laughs> pictures heard, in the ropes with but... his feet up and he's eating brownies and everything else. But, yes, he bogeyed 18. He wanted to stay out of Mr. Palmer's way so that he could have his moment walking up 18. And I don't think that Nathan regrets that one bit because it's that shows you how classy he is. Um, but deep down, I'm sure it, it it bothers him a little bit knowing that he could have made the cut. Now, the one story I do want to ask you about before Bash asks a question. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The Nathan Smith I'm listening. story about Augusta where they had asked him, You've played, you've played enough here, the practice rounds, and they asked him not to play anymore the rest of the year because he was staying. His family had a house in South Carolina, South Carolina, and he was living there. So he would just drive like almost every day. Was it not almost every day? It was weekly. Yeah, he was going over there weekly and playing and practicing and doing everything that he could. And literally, they were like, you've seen we. You've got your practice in. Uh, we think it's enough, and um, and that's fine. And the crazy thing is, is you know they don't just do that to amateurs because um, uh, years ago I got the invite to go play Augusta with Lou Holtz. So it was Tyler Palco, Robbie Gold, and myself got invited to go play with Mister Holtz or Coach Holtz, and we're like, this is unbelievable. Robbie's on top of the world, the highest paid kicker. He's like, listen, Coach. We'll fly down, pick you up at Nona. We'll fly you up. We'll stay. I'll cover everything we're in. And yes, no problem, whatever. Well, later on that year, Coach Holtz got his hand slapped because he was taking too many guests. And they're like, hey, Coach, do you want to lose your membership or do you want to keep it? You need to, you need to chill out. You're, you're using this place too much. Got his hand slapped and that was it. So you didn't get to, go. to play it. No, but I think uh, I think I'm getting my invite. Hopefully, this September. It looks like it. So, you think it's an actual invitation? Uh yeah, uh, yeah. The 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 guy, the member who's having us was the uh, his father was the former um, chairman uh, of the. Yeah, yeah, I know. I see you're in. Okay, yeah, and right, we played so in his we played in his group at the Palmer Cup up at up yeah, at Laurel. I got you. I know. Season. I know who we're talking about. Well, that's going to be exciting. I'll get you a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, dude, he, yep, he'll text you. He'll be like, "Hey, man, I'm a, I'm a medium in uh, Grayson. I'm a large in. I'm not large in anything. Um, no, no, there you go, medium. Yeah, across the sounds board, like my good son. To go. I played Chicago golf last week, and my son's texting me pictures and stuff. He's like, "Get me this, this, this." I'm like, "Dude, you can't wear the logo. Like, you didn't play it. I don't care. No one knows." <laughs> you telling Next me seven hundred and sixty bucks later, you know. But I got to say, it is kind of, it's really cool. I mean, you know, me, I'm from southwestern Pennsylvania originally. Uh, obviously, you both are too. But the, the amount of golf, the history behind the golf in our kind of area is really cool. Just talking about the little shit that we just talked about now. like, Oh, yeah. And I don't know, you know, that might be true for other areas too. But at the end of the day, I mean, we have some pretty pretty stout history relative to the game of golf. 
Um, here's and- here's another cool one that that you don't think about. Okay, you want to talk about you know Western Pennsylvania golf? Go play golf on uh, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning over at Hannah's Town. And yeah. you think of the lineup that Hannah's Town has right now as far as members, where you've got Mark. Gets. You've got Palmer Jackson, you've got Sean Knapp, you have Arnie, you have the fights, you have Brandon Antis. Some of these guys that have played, I, I don't know how many USGA events combined that the members at, at Hannestown have played in. But I'll tell you what, I, I probably, it, it's it's got to be it's up, up there, there pretty high against yep. everybody else. And you, you would never think about it. Ryan Sakura. Yeah, that's a name you haven't heard in forever. There you go. There's another one. Yeah, no, it's 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 true, man. Um, Western PA golf is good, and there's some great places places that you've never heard of. And yeah, so do you, when you're with Benardi now, I mean, are you messing around with these guys coming in that are getting fit for putters, yeah. or what's your kind of deal with them, especially right now, like specifically the tour guys? And I want to say something because I just thought of this. You mentioned earlier about how these people, it's like. You know they're they're whatever plus four plus five and, and not even sniffing, sniffing it right. And there was something up this week about a qualifier for um, a corn fairy tour. Did you see this, Pep? Yeah, oh, it's, it's pretty funny. Like I I forget the actual specifics of it, but it was like you know like 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 ten under, like uh-huh. six under didn't even get your your way down. You're your yeah. way down. I mean, it's like that. It's like that every week. You know, these guys, just the Monday qualify. Okay, think about the expense that it costs to go from site to site. You get the Monday qualify, you go out and you play one round. If you're not shooting 60 to 64, well, why bother? Why bother? And these guys are just looking, they're looking just to do whatever. Hmm. You know, we have uh, one of our fitters, his name is Will Kelly. His brother, TK Kelly, plays. Corn Ferry Tour. Two weeks ago, Will lipped out on 18 for 59. And he's like, I'm playing the best golf of my life. And he went out there to Monday qualify for the Corn Ferry event this week, and he shot two over. And he's like, I played pretty good. And he shot yeah. two over. He was 12 back. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, man. It's crazy. And you yeah. see it firsthand with these guys. Like, what is it? Like, what is it that's so good? Is it the consistency? Is it their it's, ability to make clutch? Like, what is it, Pep? What is the story? It's it's the the well, company he works for. I was just thinking about that the other day, dude. When you play your best golf, what are you doing best? Yeah, making putts. Making putts. Boom. Ask, ask your boy George Burge how how what that does for him. You know, there's yeah. a perfect example of of working with people. So I. I I was on a text whenever you guys played with George at Oakmont last year and Pepe's like, Hey, we got to get him out of this putter that he's currently using. Great. Come on in. Let's do it. Right. So fast forward to this year, beginning of June, he was out in the area. He happened to play a show 20 minutes from my house. And Pepe's like, Hey, look, let's, let's set it up. Right. Mm -hmm. We had him come in, get fit, mind blown. Okay. The following week he went out and he played in that BMW charity pro-am and the guys on the Corn Ferry Tour were making fun of him because he was like, I think he made four birdies on par threes or whatever, and his shortest birdie putt was 20 feet. And he he played out of his mind, correct? 
He said that. Yeah. All of that. Out of his mind. And now people want to kill him because he was a four handicap and he lapped the field. I think I think for <laughs> they, don't, yeah. they don't want to kill him, but he just he he just played he made so many putts and so many birdies. And look, George can play. We know oh, yeah. that. Uh-huh. But he made putts that week, and you know uh-huh. what? It's it it doesn't help you make friends. Yeah. I think no. Ryan went through the fitting experience too, and and I forget who your fitter was there, bud. Um, oh man, Tommy or they, Matt? They, they, I think it was Matt. They told a funny story once. Bash hit two. Sh- I said, "This is gonna be the best putting stroke that, as an amateur, that you're gonna that you're gonna see." And he said, "I haven't seen numbers that close to uh, Kucher." Mm-hmm. Basically, because Kucher, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he side spinning it what, one degree or some? He gave us some number, and he said Ryan was the most consistent putter that he's fit outside of Kucher. Yeah. And he's never got fit for a putter. And never. to see all those numbers, you don't realize bending your putter half of a degree or, or mm-hmm. lofting it up, how important How important is that story? So so the, the crazy thing is, is everybody's going to go get fit for their driver. They're going to get fit for their irons, right? But at the end of the day, what club do you use more than any other club in the bag? Your putter. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been fit for a putter? No. Well, why not? You're doing yourself a disservice. And I can't tell you how many people come in that have never been fit that you tweak and you show them, okay, you know what? Even if it's just a tiny little tweak where it's like, we're going to make it one degree flat for you. So now you're hitting it more consistent. You're putting less side spin on it. And in addition to that, if your putter is let's just say it's one degree too upright for you, okay? You're aiming the ball about two inches more outside of where you think you're aiming it. So it's going to be harder to make putts. So if I tweak your putter one or two degrees, whether it be upright or flat, that's going to help bring your misses in. That's going to help, you know, if you think that you're aimed at the right edge, you're actually probably three to four inches outside of that right edge. And you're missing everything. So now getting fit for that, where it's going to line up with your eye, where you, where you're looking to aim, and where you think that putter is aimed, it's going to be on the same target. And that's what helps people more than than anything. And it and it is the, the people that it has helped, and just seeing those numbers and what it's doing, it's mind blowing. If if you're a, a numbers junkie, and even if you're not, just to see, you know, whenever you first hit the golf ball with with your putter. If that thing's jumping up into the air, you're it's not it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. It's slowing it down, it's not gonna get there, it's gonna create more spin. So now if you can get that thing into a, a true roll faster, it's only benefiting your putting your putting stroke. And then you're gonna be able to gauge your distance and your speed and everything else. And it is it's a game changer. It's a game changer. I can attest. And I know Pep, I mean, he's a good powder and you know he's been he's been on this Bettinardi kick for years now, but um, I was I a never... terrible putter before I started there. Terrible. My my first email address in 1996 was Mister Three Tap at AOL dot com. Okay, I don't have that anymore. But that was that was it. Three Tap. Okay, everyone. Three Taps do is my Instagram handle. People like I putted so bad. Yeah, I am. I go in as soon as I start. Tommy gets me on Quintech, and he's like, uh, "Dude, you've been using the wrong putter forever." I'm like. I thought that this it felt good and, and everything else. <laughs> I was manipulating things. I was overcompensating things. I was blocking things. 
he got me into the right putter. I go out and play this golf course. And for the first time in my life, a guy that I was playing with, he's like, you're the best putter I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, right. But I can make putts now. It was crazy. Well, when you start making more putts, then you actually feel like every putt you look at has a chance to go in. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, that's just it. And, and, and so when you start making it, you gain confidence. And then you start getting in that mindset, like, I can make this putt. I'm going to make mm-hmm. this putt, you know? But um, it's, it's it, unbelievable. It's, it's, un- it's unbelievable. It took me a little bit of time to get used to the Betnardi because yes. it wasn't – they made it really close to my old Scotty. And so that part didn't bother me. But no it was name a, brand. What? We're, no brand. Yeah, no brand. Competition. Competition. Okay, that's who I collected before. But the length was a little bit different, which had reasoning behind it. And yep. um, it took me, it took me like, I'll say this year is probably the, the, the best year I've had with it. I mean, I'm, and now, you know, it won't leave my bag, but it's like, it took me a little bit to just get used to that and trust that. Yes. But it really is. It's, it's bar none, the most used club in the golf bag. So people, if you guys aren't getting fit for a putter you are just fucking burning strokes left and right go up to chicago and get to betnardi i mean we talk about it all the time we talked about it with Haley ostrom a couple weeks ago we talked about it with ian happ a couple months ago i mean we talked about it with sam himself so here we are again talking with story and we're telling you guys drink the kool-aid it's good happer was in last week oh was he i need a new one I need something else. And we get, cause he's a numbers junkie. If he, he's the guy that basically sleeps with a track man in his bed. Yeah. He loves the numbers, you know, he, but he's a student of the game. He's a student of all this stuff because you know what? He does the same thing with his profession when he's playing baseball. What's, what's going on with my swing. What's going on with how I'm hitting the baseball. How can I be better? He's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. You guys got to talk to him and, mm-hmm. There's not a better guy out there. Yeah, he is, he's he's the best. Haley's coming in in a couple of weeks. We've got our grand opening for our new studio coming on August fifteenth, same week as the BMW. But we've got a new studio coming up in Oak Brook, where you're going to have multiple fitting bays, so people can get in. You're going to be able to go in and look at the new head covers that you haven't seen before. You're going to be able to get fit for wedges, and we're going to be able to do all that stuff. So you know, when you say come and get fit, yeah, you. Come and get fit. I just had we just had Griffey back in again um, on Friday. He did a custom putter. He had a putter that wasn't working. He called me. He's like, "Dude, this putter's not working. I need some help. Make a phone call." I was out playing Butler. Yes, I took a phone call at Butler, and I got That's impressive. Oh my gosh, I was like literally in a tree in a bush taking a phone call. We had something built for him. He texts me after the round. He's like, "You're not getting this thing back." Well, we just did a custom for him with, you know, the swing man on, on the bottom of it yeah. and everything else. But literally, we fit him. We tweaked his current putter. He's got two new ones. He bought in, and now his game is so much better because he feels like he can make putts. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's, I, a cra- it's crazy. And I, I really dig the whole hive aspect that you can create your own. Uh, I mean, I was texting you the other day about – uh, a competitor's yeah. design that I really liked and, and that I have an answer for you too, that, uh, I wanted to kind of shave something down on the, uh, the BB 34 to get it to yeah. that. So, um, 
based on your response right there, it's probably not good. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, well, yeah, but the, but but you're right though. <laughs> you know, you sit there and you know you come in, you're like, hey, I like orange. Um, I like cats. You know, <laughs> I like cats. I like cats. You know, uh, it, it's the cat daddy T-shirt or whatever else. Yeah. But but the cool thing about what we do is we're willing to do things that nobody else will. If you want a custom putter with your kid's name on it, a certain scene from a movie, uh, whatever it is, we can do that. We're not going to say no. Yes, it's a, it's it's going to cost you. It's expensive. But you basically get to create this one-of-one one piece of I, – I call it art. Um, people call them putters. But at the end of the day, some of these things look like a piece of art. Yeah. And you can create anything that you want with our designers to your specs, make it look exactly what you want, and you could do that with us. Whereas all these other companies, yeah, they might hand stamp it. Cool. I love hand stamp things. But if you want to do some sort of scene or whatever else on your putter, on your wedges, we'll do it for you. It takes a little bit of time. There is an expense to it. But we can do things that nobody else will do and no one wants to take the time to do. And that's why it's so cool to be a part of what we're building at Bettinardi Golf and opening up this new studio and seeing everything built and machined right next to your desk. It's it's mind-blowing. And I was a junkie before I, I started at Bettinardi two years ago, and it's just increased tenfold of of what's going through my head and what I want to do, you know, from the covers to the putters and everything else. And it's, it's ridiculous on how good the product that we make is because we're seeing it. We can stop it. It's, it's unbelievable. And on top of that, you have actual collectors that collect the Betonardi brand, their head covers, divot tools, coins, all kinds of stuff. But you're putting together some cool, really cool events that you just had a stream song French lick. And I know that you're kind of taking that, uh, over. So how, I guess the question is, is like a normal Joe Schmo, like Ryan and I, I mean, we got an invitation sometime or what? Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is, you know, we've got, we've got our NFT community, which is called the beekeeper society. Uh, we also have our collector community online, uh, which is called Betty talk, which is on, on Facebook. And, you know, we will have trips that we're, we're planning. We've got one, you know, we're finalizing 2024 now. Um, we're going to Bandon Dunes next year. Um, we've got another couple cool places that are um, in the process of being finalized. But we'll do a couple trips. And the trips are more about just getting golf enthusiasts together, Betnardi golf enthusiasts together. There's guys that are new to the brand that are coming in, which is what we did at French. Like we had – you know, kind of like a member guest type of deal, you know, where you play your matches and you have flights and everything else. And, and we did that at French Lick Resort, which was phenomenal. And let me tell you the hospitality and everything about French Lick Resort, which is in the middle of nowhere, it was outstanding. The golf course was so difficult. Our guys loved it. We played the Donald Ross and we also played the Pete Dye. It was phenomenal. And our guys had a great time. You know, it's not about product. It's about guys playing really cool golf places, golf experiences, talking about Bettinardi golf and whatever else you want to talk about. And next thing you know, you've got lifelong friends that are, that are coming out of this on top of some really cool product that you can't get anywhere else. Custom, man. That, that's, that's, that's great. 
I mean, you you could do that when you're small. We're we're a, we're small and we're niche. Not everybody knows about us, and that's okay. Um, not everybody knew about Yingling, right? Now, how's Yingling doing? Yeah, not bad. You know, family owned and operated, just like we are. We're 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 not going to be able to take down these monsters that have boards and multi billion dollars behind their 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 backs. We're we're not going to be able to do that. And we're not looking to do that because every decision that is made at our company. If we need a new machine, Bob, Sam, and Ann, they go out and they buy it. They don't have to ask a board. They don't have to ask anybody else. They're purchasing that. And it's going in their factory that they can see. They don't have to get approval or anything else. If Sam wants to go in and say, okay, hey, you know what? We're going to make a custom putter for Pepe. Shut these machines down. We're going to do it. He can do that. Nobody else is going to do that, but we can. But I'm going to see about this. I would love to see Sam say that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'll videotape it. I'll follow him around. Oh I'll shadow him. Hey, shut Do you know it down. a guy by the name of Jamie Rue, by chance? <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, the this greatest. guy, I, I played with him. He was up at Pikewood, actually. I, I, I know. Him. He was there June. Yeah, I know. Did you play with him when he went down? Yeah, I played with him. He was Pikewood. supposed to come and play Oakmont with me the next day, but he didn't yeah. leave his guys. He's the best. He was awesome. and um, He's the best. He well, he was on the range and he had all this Betnardi stuff and I'm like oh man you a Betnardi guy you know and then then he went right into it and I'm like yeah you know I I, I met Sam before went up there did the whole thing you know we kind of had this podcast and then we just and then we played golf and then we got to talking even more and more and more and my man he was like he was fucking awesome to hang out with for five hours I mean he is he went to stream song with us oh no he shit, went to, see? Uh, he went on our stream stream song trip he comes down. He's a member of Butler. He comes down maybe once a month, and everybody that he comes to play Butler with, he comes down to the studio. And he's like, "Come on, guys, you got to see this." And he's been such a huge, huge fan of ours, and advocate, and yep. um, just ambassador for our brand. It has been it has been phenomenal, and it's great meeting him because he's a guy that you can hang out with every single day for the every rest day, of your life. For sure, he's the best. Yeah, and and he's you know I told him you know because he's up there in Minnesota, uh-huh. um, and he's like you got to come up, man. You got to come. Wind up. song. Wind song. Yeah. Yeah. But it was funny. He was telling me we were walking down Nine Fairway, and um, I forget how Augusta came up, but at any rate, I asked him, "So you played?" <laughs> and he's like, Did "You see who we played with." Yeah. Well, he started he started telling a story, and then he was like, he was this is him telling the story, and he. He said something to the effect of like, Condi, blah, blah, yeah, blah, Yeah, I blah. knew it. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I'm like, did you play with Condoleezza Rice? And he's all, yeah. I'm like, shut uh-huh. the front door. Yeah. And then, I, then I'm like, then my mind's blown. I'm like, what in the hell? But anyways, that's what golf does. Well, you just said that a little bit ago, yeah. and that's that's totally the truth. It's, it's, that's his shtick, too, because, you know, it's it's hook, line, and sinker. He'll be like, yeah, Condi. Yeah. And then. Everyone knows it's like Condoleezza Rice is a member at Augusta, and it's like, is it Condole? Well, funny you should ask. Let me tell you the whole story about it. And Jamie, yeah. it's like, check another one, another yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, no, no he's, he's a great cool. guy. He is, he is, he is just aces. Love yeah. that guy. Uh, you had mentioned earlier being on the range at the Open, uh, working the range at Oakmont. You had to deal with some some beautiful people that week with the, with the egos and everything else. Right. Uh, yeah, it was, um, 94 was cool. 
Um, 94 open was what got me just absolutely addicted to this game. Um, and a lot of it's because at one point, Bob Ford was the third alternate on site to get into the open. And if you remember back in 94, it was hundred and some degrees out. And he's like, story boy, come on, grab my bag. You're in. And I'm like, ah, what? And he's like, come on. He goes, Rocco's going to withdraw from the open. I'm getting in. Now, you know, fast fast forward or, or rewind a little bit. Chris Patton had passed out. Next alternate got, you know, he, he had gone on like two or three hole and Chris Patton passed out. I think he was the USAM or something champ. Anyways, he played at Oklahoma State. Phenomenal player, right? He went down like a ton of bricks. And so Ford's like, Rocco just came off back surgery. I'm getting in. You've got my bag. It's the first time he hit balls. Oh, and by the way, he still owned all the merch that was being sold at the Open. That ended quickly. That ended the year after because <laughs> USGA said, hmm, you know what? What's going on here? You know, because we did it. We had the we had the warehouse and everything down at Oakmont, blah, blah, blah. So we did that. So I'm walking up with Ford's bag. I'm living a dream because it's like, here's the, my idol and I'm going to get the potentially caddy for him at Oakmont in the U.S. Open. Oh, and by the way, he was Rocco was paired with Arnold Palmer in his last um. U.S. Open at Oakmont. I'm I'm going nuts, right? So we're up on the putting green, and he's like, "Okay, story. Here's what's going to happen. Michael Chalik's going to caddy for me. Michael Chalik is a, a cameraman for um, Channel Two News. Mary Rob Jackson's husband, phenomenal guy, right?" He's on his way. As soon as he gets here, I'm going to fire you. He's going to take my bag. You're going to carry the walkie-talkie, and you're going to run all the, the stuff through me for the, the merch tents. I'm like, uh, okay, okay. So I'm going to get to caddy for you, right? Next thing you know, click, 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 click. There goes Rocco walking to the first tee with his spikes. Tees off, goes, Bob never gets in. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. So from that point on, I was like, I'm not a Rocco fan at all. Falls off the chair at the PGA. I'm laughing, right? Because I was thinking I was going to caddy for for Ford at the at the Open. Fast forward to when Todd Ridge comes, Rocco comes in. Sorry, I know you guys didn't ask this question. You're getting it anyways, right. right? So so Rocco yeah. comes in and he's like, "Okay, hey, you know what's up? How you doing? You know, Mister Me, nice to meet you. You know, let me grab your bag." And you know, he's trying to talk because he can't be quiet. So he's, your bag over the hill. Yeah. So he's like, you know, what? Like, what's the deal? Like. Are you going to play? I don't know. So he's like, you know, most assistants that, that I play with, they want to like hang out. They want to get free clubs. They want to do all this other stuff. I'm like, look, Rock, here's the deal. Okay. I had Ford's bag in 94. You were supposed to withdraw. That's what we were told. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not a big fan of yours. And I really, I really don't want to talk to you. And he looked at me. He goes, you know what story? He's like, you and I are going to get along great. He's like, you basically just called me an asshole, told me you, that you hated me. He goes, normally everybody's kissing my ass because I'm like number 15 in the world. He's like, but you basically told me what an asshole I am. He's like, Which, what loft driver do you hit? And I'm like, nine degree. He goes, here, take this. We're going to go play golf. And to this day, I would do anything for the guy. Caddy for him in the 03 PGA Championship at Oak Hill. Um, in the practice rounds, flew up on his jet. And got to do some really, really cool things with Rocco. And I also got to hear his side of the story, which I didn't hear back in 94. And, you know, I'm still friends with Rocco to this day and, and Jess and Franny. And, and it's just, 
it's he's the best. Mm-hmm. That's he's right. the best. No, so, he what is. was your he's... question? Uh, what was your question? The range about? egos. <laughs> um, some really None of that cool was guys. Up. That's right. <laughs> oh, are you talking about? I asked for one autograph in the '94 because my mom loved Greg Norman, and he oh, said no. <laughs> See ya. You're dead to me. Um, most of those guys are pretty cool. Um, get to meet a lot of good people. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, I've been a part of every major at Oakmont since 94. So it's, you know, one way or another, whether it be caddying a practice round, um, you know, I caddied for William McGirt in the 16 yeah. open. I caddied for him in the practice rounds. Uh, I was supposed it's to funny be Monday, Tuesday. For that. You got to tell Dude, the, tang- the, the Tangerady story. He was, <laughs> oh, mine yeah. was blown with the tour, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the tour vans. So he, yeah. So Pepe comes down. He's like, Hey, he goes, Eric Tangrady's with me. And I knew who Eric was. Cause I, my kids play hockey. I'm a hockey guy. And so I'm inside the ropes and I come over. I'm like, have you ever played here? He's like, no, no. He's like, I'm just like looking over at the, at the tour trucks and everything else. And he's I'm like, Hey, we can get you out here. Right. And he's like, Oh my God, this is great. You know, I'm playing golf and, and I'm down here. And Pepe's just sitting there laughing because you know, Somehow, someway, Pippi finds his way into everything. Yeah, he's like, of course. Am I right? Oh my god, are you? <laughs> it's right? unbelievable. It's, it's a, it's an actual fact. It's a fact. All right, guys, enough about me. This guy, right? And yeah, so, yeah, but fact. yeah, Tank Tank Grady was down there, and he was, uh, um, he was a little bit wild. And I was that the day that I was because I was carrying for McGirt, mm-hmm. and that's the day that we went and McGirt's like, Hey, I need you to carry for me on Wednesday. I'm like, I can't, I've got a, I was working for Toyota at the time. And I'm like, I've got a business meeting down in Virginia beach. And he's like, no, you got to cancel it. So I called my boss and he's like, yeah, go. So it was, um, uh, it was a pretty cool group. So we get up on 10 and I think you guys were following us, um, at some point during that day, but it was McGirt, Myself, um, a guy named Zach Johnson, who um, he's going to be the Ryder Cup captain this year. Oh, um, okay. A kid named Jordan Spieth. Oh. And then another another amateur played with us. Um, uh, he played in Texas. His name was Scotty Scheffler. Oh, that guy. So pr- pretty cool group. He's a whiz. And Tango's cool carrying around his shaft in a tailor-made tour van. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Trying to get trying to get his flag autographed by these guys, it was it was hilarious. I'm like, Tango, you got to act like you've been here before, bud. Like, you know, all these people you're signing autographs for in Wilkesbury Scranton because you've got a bobblehead. <laughs> you know, it's so a little after that. I think I sent him a picture. I have a Eric Tangrady bobblehead from Wilkesbury Scranton, and, and you know, he loved it. He was like a little kid that day. Tell us, tell us. I mean, you got you you've got so many stories. So tell us another good story. You you got one more good story in you. Well, All just right, tell um, us your name. So, um, okay, story. so 2004, I'm at the Masters, staying at Rocco's house, and Murph is with me, and Murph. so it's it, Murph is. I love I love that guy. I met him in '03 when he played in the USAM. Rocco's like, I'm bringing a great friend of mine. He brought him out to Totter Ridge, and I met this guy. I'm like, who is this guy? Right. And again, I'm a little loud, a little all over the place. And then there's Murph, right? To this day, Murph is one of my very, very dear friends. I was texting him, you know, yesterday. And so we're we're all hanging out. We're sleeping at, we're staying at Rocco's house. And he's like, all right, come on, we're going to go to breakfast. I'm like, all right, we're going to the Waffle House, right? Where else do you go in, in, on Washington Road? 
So it's me, Murph, and we pick up Rick Smith, his instructor across from the entrance to Augusta. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, where are we going to go to breakfast? Like, are we going to Perkins or are we going to, where are we going? Next thing you know, we go driving to the gate of Augusta and Hey, how you doing Rocco? Nice to see you. We go driving down Magnolia lane. Okay. I'm crapping myself. And he's like, go, I'm like, dude, slow down. Like I may never get to do this again. So we go driving down Magnolia lane, pull up to the roundabout and we get out. We're going to eat breakfast at Augusta national. Shut up. Okay. So we go walking in the clubhouse, we go downstairs and we're sitting down. Rocco's like, sit down. And I'm, I'm looking around like, this is crazy. Like, where's yeah. the menu? And he's like, dude, there is no menu. Whatever you want, you order. So he sits down. So I'm sitting here. Rocco's next to me. Murph's across the table. Rick Smith's across the table. There's a seat open next to me in 04. And I'm down there. Um, I had a pass to get in because Nathan Smith gave me one. And he's like, hey, I want you to come as my guest. So we're sitting there, you know, eating breakfast. Here comes Phil Mickelson sits down right next to me in 04. And I'm like, uh, hey, hey, Phil, what's up, man? How you doing? Sitting there talking, you know, whatever. And I'm quiet. And Rick, you know, Rick Smith says, Phil, you're going to love this guy. Like he's got stories. He's got all kinds of shit. And he's like, well, you guys won't let him talk. So we're sitting there talking and we go back to the Nathan Smith story about him playing all the practice rounds because he played a practice round with Phil one weekend. He was down there. Next thing you know, we go up and he signs up for the part three contest on Wednesday for the next day. And he signs up with Nathan, which was really cool. Right. So he signs up with Nathan. And then their third is Fred Ridley, who is now the chairman of the masters. And so those three play, right. So fast forward and and I get this story from, from Nathan. And he says, um, if you remember whenever Mickelson hit that six iron out of the pine straw on Mm -hmm. 15, him and bones are up there talking and, Phil, this is where my story's going. So Phil's sitting there looking at at Bones, and he's like, okay. He goes, it's a six iron. I can get it there. And Bones is like, Phil, look, we're leading the Masters. Let's just just punt something out there in the middle of the fairway, hit it on the green to make par. We we can't hurt ourselves. And Phil's like, I can hit this shot. I can hit this shot. And Bones is like, no, you're, you're not hitting this. Like, we're leading the Masters, right? And... Mickelson looks at Bones and he said, Bones, every Masters winner has that one shot that makes the Masters. He goes, this is my shot. Give me the six iron and get the fuck out of the way. And Bones <laughs> is like, uh, what? Pulls the six iron out. Bones backs off. Boom. Hits it. <sighs> Dude, that is. I've heard. That That's is wild. Crazy. That, that was, was a hell of a that shot. That was a cool that was a hell of a shot. And then I will go, thanks, Jack. And then I will go back. I'll give you another really, really quick story. Okay. My oldest son, Caddy's in Harbor Town. Yeah. Just a real quick one. Oldest son, Caddy's in Harbor Town with a guy, hits one to about a foot. He's like, Have you ever had a hole in one? The guy's like, I have. I had one at National Golf Links. Okay. Really cool. Let me tell you the story about National Golf Links, right? So he's like, I have the hole in one. I get done. Caddy says, I need 15 minutes of your time after the round. Guy's on cloud nine. He just had a hole in one at, at Harbor or at National Golf Links, right? Caddy goes down into the like the cart barn or whatever, grabs two Budweiser's, comes out and says, Hop on the cart, we're going for a ride. Okay, cool. Go ripping down, you know, back through these back woods and all this other stuff. And at the time, this guy thought, This guy, this caddy's gonna kill me. 
I'm in the middle of the woods. There's nothing around, right? So then they pull up to a graveyard and they see a bunch of Budweiser's kind of laid laid out there. And the guy's like, what are we doing? He goes, here's a Budweiser. Crack it open. They start drinking it. And he sits down. And he goes, that's CB McDonald's grave and that's Seth Rayner's grave. And when somebody has a hole in one, they want to celebrate with you. And they like to drink beer. So we bring guys out here. We'll sit down, drink a Budweiser. They drink the Budweiser, crush the cans throw it out there and on the grave and go back. That's sick. No way. How cool is that? That is awesome. How cool That's is that? Can you imagine? That'd no. They're, 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 um, their graves are 80 feet apart from each other. And he's like, we want to sit that. That's what these guys wanted to do. They want to sit down. They want to have a beer with you, celebrate. So they drink it, crush the cans, and then they throw it out there as like a, hey, thanks. Wow. That's awesome. That's so See, cool. Golf. That's wild shit, go. man. And if, again, all all you people, make sure you go to betnardi.com. Um, look at their social media. It's really cool. Schedule a fitting in the Hive or now mm-hmm. at, in Oak Brook. It's worth your time. They can do anything you want to your putter. Um, cool head covers, cool accessories, ashtrays, putting cups. They do it all. And corporate gifting. Corporate gifting. We can make your own custom head covers. Wow, so they're beautiful. let's roll it into our last segment, which, funny enough, is brought to you <laughs> by Betnardi Golf, uh, the tap-in segment. Ryan is going to ask you four or five questions that demand your response, and Ryan will take it from here. Well, I this is the first, the first time the tap-in segment. Okay, all right, story. Here we go. You ready? What yep. is your favorite moment in your golf career? What has been your favorite moment in your golf career thus far? Um, I'm going to say playing golf at a top 100 golf club with my son for the first time ever. I've got I've got one of my kids that loves golf. Uh, they all love it right now, but I got to play a top 100 with my son, Ian, and that was probably the coolest thing I've done so far. That's awesome. That's a good experience. Okay, who has been the best putter that you've seen? Brandon Antis, Lou DeVito, and Sean Farron. Oh, the Totter guys, huh? I'm telling you, they've never missed. I like it. Southwestern PA roots. All right, so you're on a golf course. You make a birdie. Would you rather take a shot of tequila or would you rather shotgun a beer? I'd probably do a shot of tequila just because it's quicker. I'm not a big drinker on the golf course. <laughs> I, I wait till after, so I'll go the you quicker route. But if you had six birdies, buddy, you're going to be a little banged up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Maybe not. That's probably why I'm making six birds because I can't see the hole and I'm aiming, you know, <laughs> four feet right. Yeah. <laughs> Yanking it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right, last one here. What are you chasing in life? I am chasing birdies. Um, but my my big chase right now is to see how many of the top 100s I can get. And I think it's a cool, you know, just through the people that you meet and mm-hmm. the connections that you make and the invites that you get. I'm I'm chasing to see how many of the top 100s I can get done. I love it. Well, but I'd love to have you here in West Virginia. We knocked two out. I know. I've got. Uh, I'm gonna Griffey and I and our America's guest. We're gonna come out and play. We're gonna do a Pikewood, Oakmont back to back. Oh So yeah. you guys will you guys will get to tee it up with Junior and watch that sweet sweet swing of his because he can flat out play. That's I love it. Yeah, talk to talk like to him about deal. it today. I'm like, we got to do Pikewood, and he's like, I want to do Oakmont again. I'm like, okay, we'll hop on Swingman Air, 
jumped onto Morgantown. Swingman, eh? Do Pikewood. And Does it fly direct? But, it flies yeah. wherever he wants it to fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Story, oh, man. thank you so much for, number one, for everything you've done for me in my life, but also for coming on Chasing Birdies. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, man. Again, guys, betnardy.com. Check them out. It's worth it. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Hey, thanks, Thor. Story's got stories, my man. That You know, I'm sitting there, I'm making the title of the show, and it's like, I could play off this so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So many different ways. Were you under the influence of vitamins? No, no, uh, because, no, I wasn't. It's just, it, it's easy. This one, th- this time is easy. Um, yeah, story has stories. Um, we could have literally gone four hours with that. With yeah, him just no to, doubt. The amount of stories he has, and they're hilarious. And he's a hilarious guy. So, story, thank you for coming on, Chasing Birdies, yes. my man. You chase birdies early on in your life, and now you're in the golf industry and you're killing it over at Betnardi Golf. Yeah, awesome, man. Thanks for joining us, Story, and love the putter. Love it. Actually, thank you for the uh, little secret compartment there on the Zen Can. Yeah. I mean, that's, you learn something every day. Your parents told you that. That is hitter right there. That's great. So yeah, man, we uh, we appreciate you coming on here. Got to get you over in these parts, and I know we talked about that a little bit on the show. But one place we did not mention on the show that we would love to take you up to at some point would be in your backyard, your former backyard, and that's Nemacolon Resort. Check them out online at nemacolon.com. It is a premier resort, five-star destination. So anyone out there, you're listening, make sure you put this on something to do or visit within the next two years. <clears throat> the golf courses. What else, bud? I mean, it goes on and on. Mid-September, the new lodge is opening. So uh, mm-hmm. I think they have 55 new rooms coming. Um, and then each room has a butler. So yeah. I know how you like the butlers. Uh, fluffing your pillows and folding your underwear that you don't wear. So um, make sure you go to Nemecol and check them out. They've got a ton of things for the family to do. Amen. Dude, go have yeah. fun today at the live event in the Pro-Am. But um, I, We're I not know. disclosing who you got just no. yet. You'll have to go to our Instagram mm-hmm. to find All out along. who Ryan drew for the Pro-Am of the live event at the Greenbrier. And we got my boy your boy our boy ip caters ian patrick on the bag so i'm sure there'll be some videos but yeah but some videos but dude listen i hope you start feeling better man um you know and, and listen if you don't just crack another tequila i mean what the hell there you go that's the answer right. to everything yeah, bud. well guys thanks for listening to this week's episode of chasing birdies we appreciate the support check us out online on instagram chasing underscore birdies and chasingbirdies.com I think Pep's working on some swag right now as we speak, so stay tuned for that drop. And as always, thank you to Evo and Allie over at Simpler Media for putting this thing together. Jake, ja, Jake, oh my gosh. Jake the Snake. Jacqueline. Jacqueline and Rachel for all your social media help. You girls rock. We hope you all have a good weekend. Chase some birdies, and we'll catch you all in two.